Welcome to Fill in the Blank, Episode 9. The, my goodness, we're still stuck in this hellhole. And uh, there's really no end in sight that involves logic or thought. Edition of uh, Fill in the Blank, I'm Philip Matthew. The host for this uh, journey here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about racing. We'll spend a lot of time about racing here uh, this week with the news of NASCAR's impending return in a couple of weeks' time at Darlington Raceway and Charlotte Motor Speedway, where they'll actually run the Coca-Cola 600 as scheduled. So that'll be a nice, uh, uh, we could, I guess you'd say respite or it will be better than uh, what we're dealing with because that'll be another topic within itself the iRacing invitationals and how it's basically uh, gone sideways on certain series and uh, and it hasn't you know in some ways it worked in some ways it didn't we'll discuss that in more detail and uh, anything else that comes up in uh, my mind since I've delayed doing the show. I've been holding on to doing it for a few days. And then yeah, I think yesterday's events since I'm doing this uh, Sunday evening after the NASCAR uh, iRacing uh, Invitational, which Will Byron won again. And uh, frankly, it's, um, it's getting as bad as like watching Kyle Busch win NASCAR, actual NASCAR races, uh, it's just as much of a waste. I mean, literally, the fact is he should have won the NBC challenge that they did, but they decided to throw a competition caution and send him tailback, as Rusty Wallace likes to say. Uh, and because of that, Chase Briscoe won. Of course, I'm not going to be angry that Chase won, but that's the only reason, <laughs> that's the real reason why he won, uh, because what's his name, uh, Byron, had to come back from the back, from tailback, and uh, battled, but couldn't get around him. Uh, Timmy Hill finished second, and had a chance to beat him, but uh, today at Dover, but ye uh, Byron yeeted the whole entire two-tire crowd, except, except Timmy Hill, and ended up working him over and passing him. Chris Bell, who's going to be running a virtual chili bowl nationals uh this weekend this week at the wednesday night uh deal where clint boyer just yells and acts like a moron without having to drive which he didn't drive this week which was something there was a few guys that didn't drive this week uh relative to what they'd been doing uh so that was uh interesting some of the guys that were missing but i guess in that sense it's part of a they made a big deal about it at first and then now they've kind of gotten to the point where they're like yeah you know if you want to show up you can or not people gave crap to to uh bubba and it's funny how when it's bubba it's one thing but when it's other people it's a different story so it's convenient um the other big event uh, this weekend, uh, I mean, there's the Formula One race is actually really good. That uh, you had Char Charles Leclerc and Alex Albon, two of the four BFFs, 
they had a spirited battle throughout the whole entire race. Uh, Albon ran a different strategy, ran two extra laps or three extra laps to get on a medium versus Leclerc pitting earlier and going on a hard tire. Lap cars played a little bit of an uh, effect, but not really. They basically were swapping the lead over and over again, which means it's no, it is nothing like any Formula One race that, that happens because really they don't swap the lead that if there was more passes for the lead in that race, then I think there's been in formula one in a whole, in some years, uh, that's probably the truth. Uh, can't quantify it, but then we live in a society where people just lie for the sake of it and think it's all right. So whatever the, that race was good though. There's a few of the formula one guys, not everybody. Sebastian Vettel actually made a, uh, Cammy, he finally made uh, an appearance. He ran the race esports challenge, which was ran at uh, the the Malaysia at the whatever I don't know what they used to call the circuit, but uh, at uh, the old where the Malaysian Grand Prix used to take place, uh, Formula One car race. They used to have a Malaysian MotoGP race at a uh, crazy circuit Shah Alam which was just a weird circuit and uh, it, it, it shows what it, it's one thing that I've done even more deep diving on it's something that I would have done anyways probably because I'm not watching TV for multiple reasons one is most of it is the hate rallies and nonsense that exist on certain channels and then the, just the sad ang the sadness and anger and the horrible situation that we're in and there's you know channels you can watch all kinds of movies but for me I'm not a movie buff I'll say this I did watch Sebastian Maniscalco an old old uh, one hour especially did my god he's a funny guy I didn't it, it makes me want to listen to his uh, interview on uh, Stern uh, because he he is a funny mf -er, I'll tell you. He, I, I mean, literally, the guy's doing a 60-minute cardio session with all the gyrations and movement he's doing on that. And I'm like, it, it hurts watching him. But you're laughing so much, you just don't know what's going... Because the way... The, it's, it's, like the, it's like the Goodfellas, you know? It, it's just, he's a funny guy. The way you talk, it's a funny, he's a funny guy. It's not a good accent. I know it's not a good accent, and, and really, I don't give a fuck. If, if you if you want to complain, go ahead. Five people listen to the show, so two people, five people, whatever. Uh, the it was uh, the race. That race was a good one. I mean, outside of that, I mean, George Russell was actually coming up, finished third. One of the the four BFFs, Lando Norris, who will be an interesting uh, connection here. Didn't really have a great day. Stoffel Van Dorn started on pole and then completely crapped himself on the start. Uh, wasted that opportunity. The Mercedes duo of Van Dorn and uh, Esteban Gutierrez, who's been doing the race of uh, eSports Challenge, had whatever, whatever race, and it was fine. But it's... Uh, 
it's a in, interesting to see some of the the races what has been going on recently with these online uh sims and now it's kind of blown up for better or worse uh the indycar finale because uh, in a month they're hopefully coming back at eddie goosage's dump uh to run their first race of the 2020 season at texas motor speedway whether that's with fans or not to be determined uh my and many people have said it on social media i one of them why are you worried about fans showing up to texas they don't show up to texas motor speedway when there was no restrictions anyway um so i don't know why that's a difference now um that'll be interesting to see uh the i the i racing deal ended yesterday with Scotty McLaughlin winning his second of the six races, should have won three. Uh, Oliver Askew um, caused an unnecessary wreck at Motegi, which allowed his Penske teammate Simon Pagano to win. And now we're just connecting all these names here. So the unofficial championship, because Will Power was crying wolf about it, and he called uh, Scott Speed a wanker. And Scott Speed's like, I don't care, I'm high, whatever, I'm stoned. He's like, Scott Speed's never care attitude. He doesn't, it's like, he qualified fast, and he has his Subaru badged freaking Indy car, and he's, he ran Marco's car, and he rage quit at Alabama. Baba, as uh, Weed if he would say in uh, Mobile, Alabama. And uh, they, he showed up here, and he's running. He's a wild card. What the heck difference does it make? He's running for it. You know, you guys like R.C. Enerson. I mean, that. I mean, you should know the way the IndyCar deal went. And they, what is it? Uh, uh, who's the guy that? So you got Joey Barnes, who's a 49er fan. So I talked to him as much of about 49er stuff as uh i do about the open wheel racing because he's a top line open wheel reporter uh for auto week and other other avenues and they had a picture of jack harvey flying through the air and i complimented them on that because it just basically connected this whole six week Farce. It, it 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 reminds me of of Al Michaels when the whole O.J. Simpson the O.J. Simpson uh, deal and it was a completely farcical farcical call. Um, there were there was words and code indicative of a certain radio talk show host. Um, that's basically what this became, especially on the ovals. The road course racing was actually not bad, uh, which is probably why they should have ran at Spa or Monza or, or Bathurst, for that matter. Um, the oval races were embarrassing. Um, they were pathetic. You can, you can make the... The Michigan race, they crashed like it was the 96 US 500 because Oliver Askew ran over somebody. There was some sort of net code thing. I don't know. It was, it was a complete cluster. And it allowed old Junebug 
to run a fuel mileage save strategy that got him third. So um, that was probably the best news out of all of that. I think Scotty could have won that race too, actually. Scotty could have won four of the six races. So the unofficial champion was Scotty McLaughlin, uh, two-time defending V8 Supercars champion, defending champion of the Bathurst 1000 uh, controversy, obviously connected to that. But then when when you consider that Roland Danes is a ball licker and Holden kind of comes hand in hand. It's kind of like Chevy here. Um, but that's a sad thing for me. It's like, I don't even like Chevy and I'm going to have to like, I root for Joseph Newgarden because he's American. He's a good dude. Um, but he's not like my favorite driver. The, but Scotty, I'm a fan of, I've been a fan of him going back to when he drove for Gary Rogers and the Volvo team. So I'm following him over the way that I was a Marcus Ambrose fan in a sense. And I was rooted for him. I mean, but he's going to be an IndyCar probably next year he's gonna be a champion uh it's basically penske's answer to scott dixon he's had to watch a new zealand guy beat him for championships for nearly two decades or whatever the heck it is 17 years the better part of 17 years so now he's getting his version uh and scott mclaughlin looks up to scott dixon and on some of these other great aussie drivers like marcus ambrose so Interesting how that turns out. So that'll be something. Of course, he won the race uh, after a couple of accidents. You mentioned, I made the mention of Oliver Askew, who had a very checkered and questionable um, six-week uh, challenge. Uh, he caused a wreck at Motegi that took out Will Winch Power and Scott McLaughlin when they were battling for the lead, which allowed Simon Paginot to win. He also calls that wreck in Michigan. But he was on his way to possibly winning yesterday uh, after his teammate Patricio Award or Pato Award, uh, somebody who I look at as one of the best uh, young talents in motorsports, uh, who kind of got a raw deal after dominating Indy Lights a couple years back and went through kind of this crazy ride all last year. And then, uh, of course, because Sam Schmidt doesn't know how to handle, uh, know how to deal with people, uh, railroaded uh, James Hinchcliffe out of the team so that he could hire Pat Award and Oliver Askew. I mean, he didn't really care about Erickson because Erickson was arranging sponsorship to go and move to Ganassi, so he didn't really care. He had one seat open, but he had to get rid of James Hinchcliffe, and they didn't want to work together, and in the end, it left Hinchcliffe without a full-time ride. He's going to run, I think, a handful of races for Andretti in lieu of working towards a full-time deal next year. Of course, when you consider IndyCar is where it's at, it's very hard to find rides anywhere. Uh, especially those top flight rides, uh, because really there's three top teams and then there's everybody else. So, and Ganassi doesn't like uh, American or North Americans, so that's its own thing. Penske isn't going to hire him, of course. They don't even have room to put Scott McLaughlin at this point to what we know. Uh, 
and uh, they only have three cars and he's funding three. They have three cup cars, basically in part, partially sort of funding one and a half of them uh, or one, if you want to get they, you know, really the only car that has funding is a 22 <coughs> in the cup series, full funding. Menard is like at least half funding the 12. The two cars got a bunch of different sponsors, and Brad's probably not going to be back. When you consider the the IndyCar side, New Garden has the smorgasbord of sponsors. He runs the different uniforms. It's kind of like the 10 car for Ganassi for years. Um, especially when Dario and, and Weldon were there. And the... 12 has Verizon, virtually, basically a full deal there. But Will Power is one of the older drivers on the circuit right now, which is interesting to think, you consider. But then he's been in big-time IndyCar racing since 2006. So he's been at this 14 years. So it's, it's crazy uh, to think where he came out of nowhere and became this, like, wonderkind uh the and then you got Pagano basically it's Menard sponsored mostly and then they have a handful of other sponsors so they really don't have any I mean the 12 has sponsorship in the IndyCar and I think the 22 has the lot of sponsorship in Cup and then everybody else the other four cars is just basically a hodgepodge so getting to Scotty and where he's going to fit in, whether they're going to run a fourth car to be determined. He's going to be in an Indy car next year. Kind of wish he was going to NASCAR, uh, but I think the Indy car is right for him. Yeah, he's young. He's at the right age. He's basically in that same angle where power, you know, he's basically in that same age range and he's coming in. And I think uh, it's something where, Penske knows when he's got something like that, he doesn't let it go easy. And he's not going to let him go, number one. Number two, he's not going to put him in a cup car or a stock car and waste his talent. He screwed Sam Hornish over that way after he had won him an IndyCar title and an Indy 500. Um, so he's going to put McLaughlin in an IndyCar, whether that's a fourth car, whether it's in other things is to be determined. Uh, the race itself, he ran a good race, qualified on pole. Uh, we were talking about, I think I went off on a tangent, of course. It's my show. I will go, I'll do that right on. Uh, goes into the, I was talking about the McLaren guys. The end of the race where McLaughlin avoided a bunch of, you know, rockets, red glare going off. Involved Patricio Ward getting into uh, Marcus Erickson, who had made a great three-wide pass down the back straightaway. And then Ward took both of them out, but he ended up uh, finishing third. And it came down to Oliver Askew had been up front with Lando Norris, their teammate, the McLaren teammate, uh, who ended up getting taken out by Simon Pagano after Lando Norris caused a wreck a three-wide wreck prior, a few laps earlier, 
in turn two, which took out both Pagano, Graham Rahal specifically, but then other guys were involved. Uh, Pagano came on his radio and said that he was going to go back out to wreck him, meaning Lando Norris. He did end up wrecking Lando Norris, which ended up taking out other people, uh, caused the final restart, which is where all this stuff happened. And you had Oliver Askew had caused two major incidents uh, during this deal, and Santino Ferrucci, who, if you watch enough streams or you listen to enough people, you realize that nobody really likes Santino Ferrucci. Um, and I think that's a worldwide thing, unless you're a maggot, or you're just a douchey daddy's money or mommy's money person. Uh, he's really a douchey guy. And proof was there in that even Oliver Askew, who had made two bonehead decisions, and him and Pato have not done themselves any favors during this uh, sim deal. Renus VK. I mean, Sato caused a big wreck, too, but then that's Sato. He wrecks whether it's real life or on a computer. Um, it's the same thing with Clint Boyer uh, being in the way because he's basically been in the way since 2013, um, amongst other people. Uh, the end of the race saw good old Santucci, Paul Tracy's butt buddy, go and turn Oliver Askew into the fence, uh, which not only didn't allow him to win, allowed Ferrucci to win, it took, I mean, he crashed Askew out. If you're going to crash somebody, I mean, dude, if you're going to wreck somebody, at least win the race. I mean, Royd Rage and those Gibbs guys do that to Royd Rage, me and Carl Edwards, if you don't understand my, I mean, I could go, that should be, a, a show with it in itself. I think I'm going to do that later this week. I have some ideas cooking, but that's a good idea. All the nicknames I have for all these assholes um, in racing. Uh, and Royd Rage was mine for Carl Edwards because he's all jacked up and whatever. And he looks like Mr. Ed and, and he does all the fitness mags and all. And he's like happy-go-lucky and you know, all that. And then he'll go and run, he'll run somebody over at 180 or 90 miles an hour. Because he didn't care, because he's a because he's he's got multiple personalities, which is why he fit great at Joe Gibbs Racing. I mean, hell, he was literally the only person who would go and turn Kyle Bush. He turned Kyle Bush to go and win a race. So that should tell you that he doesn't get he has no F's to give when he's willing to when to when you get go after the Messiah. You know that guy's got to screw loose. Which, I mean, whatever I rooted for, because I can't stand Kyle Bush. Uh, but it tells you all you need to know. And in the same way, Ferrucci goes and wrecks him, and he says, oh, it's a video game. I mean, come on. The, 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 the reality is, the intention and the, the necessity of having entertainment Racing has a captive audience in that 
none of these sports can be done without actually, you know, real, in this case, motorsport and motorsport alone could truly go out and duplicate to a very high level. Not exact. Of course it's not exact. Even if Turtle Lips wants, and that's Jeff Gordon, wants to go and tell you how realistic it is. Because then you have maggot Paul Tracy going saying it ain't realistic. But then he crashes in that. So that point is it's definitely realistic because he spent half his career doing that. That's how that fat fuck got fired by Paul by Roger Penske twice. So the fact is with this eye racing, especially on the ovals, there was a lack, a general lack of respect on the IndyCar side amongst the drivers, which is why there was a lot of wrecks is why there was a lot of cautions, which is why people who ended up wrecking later would get screwed because of the early cautions, because it takes forever for cautions on iRacing, uh, which is a thing which Fox has not figured out with their NASCAR deal. Um, they only, they do their stupid, they have to do the stupid setup every single race. They only give themselves an hour and a half block for a race, and they only start the race at around 125 the same way as they do the regular nascar does the regular races which is just such so logical um and then they end up running over time every week you think they'd learn after all these weeks they don't run within their window and they still go over it's like oh whatever we're gonna put it on fsb it's fucking horse racing who the fuck cares put a two-hour block do your 15 minutes of bullshit where you can have the Hoff do a terrible job singing the national anthem for some reason. And then they have Shelton doing the doing the the command. It's like, how about you do it the other way? Why? Because Blake Shelton's employed by NBC. You can't have him, have him sing the freaking national anthem. And have the Hoff go and do the do the command. Because David Hasselhoff can't effing sing. It's debatable that he can act. Other than being a drunken cheeseburger eater. The, but then it's typical. They have to make it corny. You know, that's Fox. It's it's just like other entities within that that company. How how farcical, and how they live in an alternative universe, and how they disrespect common sense people and people who who actually have intelligence. Um, it's the same ways with this NASCAR. It's like, like today. Denny Hamlin uh, ran over John Hunter a week after he wanted a rage quit at Talladega because they didn't throw a yellow when he crashed. And then his daughter went and turned his TV off. Um, and then he made a joke of it and went around every remote in his bougie palace and put like 12 different remotes into some bag, tossed it over some overhead like, like dude. It, what it showed was that, I mean, the guy makes, I mean, for a guy who looks like a horse and has done multiple drugs, he's he's got way too much effing money, number one. Number two, the guy's got a freaking full-on motion sim, like even Marcus Ambrose, which is cool, which in its own right, I, I have to get to that. The motion sim and all that, 
over here. You have a full golf setup over on the, the next area. Then you got all like a bar. I'm like, for fuck's sake, you got two effing kids. Where the hell do you play? Where the hell do, do the kids play over there? Obviously they do, because the one kid went and shut his freaking TV off. I mean, that's a whole analysis in its own right. That we need. It's just freaking these these assholes with their rooms. Like, he went... He, he has... For all the room he has, he's like stabilized... He's trying to stabilize three Harley Earl trophies. Two of them, at least, that he probably shouldn't have. Because he should have... Truex should have... I don't... I mean, I'm no big Truex guy, but Truex should have beat him the one year. And then... What was it? The... He's won the last two effing Daytona 500s because Ryan Blaney couldn't even bump draft Ryan Nonet properly. And I don't even remember what the hell he did last year to win the freaking who the heck he beat for the Daytona 500, that horse face lunatic. Oh, God. And then, and then I, after all that, that horse face bastard still lost the championship to Kyle Bush. Yeah, it's amazing how those two guys figured, and how Gibbs figured out a way for both of them to spit the bit. Oh yeah, Kyle Busch went and sat there like a loyal soldier and took a like a cuck. That's what it was. He's won three Daytona 500s, and it and you could make an argument that he probably only should have won one of them. The bastard has as many day as one less Daytona 500 win. That he has as many Daytona 500 wins as Bobby Allison and Jeff Gordon. Disgusting. It's unbelievable. They made some reference to like champions and like champions like Denny Hamlin. Champion of what? The hell did Denny Hamlin ever win a championship? He's figured out ways to to choke away championships. Fucking championships. Anyways, getting back to the point I was making, he goes and wrecks John Hunter Nemechek. So John Hunter Nemechek comes back out and runs tip. Rex him and old Joomba got butthurt about that, and that was funny. It's like, dude, what it, what is putting his name in there going to make a difference? It gets back to the greater scheme of things, where Lando Norris got mad that Simon Pagano went out to wreck him because he was going to end up winning a second race in a row. And it's like, you shouldn't have made a three wide. The only reason you're making a three wide is because it's a video game. Or it's a simulation. That in its own right. It it gets back to I I was thinking about this because I for my boy Josh Bolden, the Miami Valley Racing Review on Facebook, I mean for who few people are gonna actually listen to this, they may or may not do it, but you should follow it. Because he posts like in this day in history, posts occasionally writes some stuff. Um I'm I started, I wrote one, a couple pieces for him. Uh, one of them was about, you know, the iRacing or sim versus the real deal. And what has happened is because of the this pandemic, the coronavirus, we've been able to have an audience. We've been able to have a lot of the real drivers run in all these different series. You have the NASCAR Invitational. You have the IndyCar Invitational which was six weeks. Now the V8 super, the supercars are doing it and they're having a very successful time. Cool, funny, having the whole bit. It's, it's, it's great. It's, a, it's very competitive too. 
Uh, I mean, they're convincing Joey Logano to wake up at 3 in the morning, which is hilarious. Uh, they had willpower there. Uh, you had all these different, you know, guys from North America running along with the supercars aces like McLaughlin, Van Gisberg, and uh, Sim, uh, a, a Sim top guy for the Aussies, uh, Anton Di Pasquale, Squale, and then you have, you know, you have other drivers uh trying to remember i'm trying to remember some of the names off the top of my head of course it, it always works that i can't remember any of this crap when i'm doing this show it's, it's just it's where it comes back to where uh frank said i need to have a, a co-host so problem is i need to find a co-host so it'd be something uh The, the the you you look at all these things and you and it connects to like what I what I was saying with Marcus Ambrose, uh, he has this full motion sim and they ended up calling him up for a wild card appearance because they ran at Watkins Glen, where Marcus Ambrose won uh, both of his cup races in his career, um, one of the best finishes in recent NASCAR memory, where uh, Bobby Labonte blew an engine oiled down the whole entire track and NASCAR didn't throw a caution, didn't do anything. And Kyle Busch was leading the race, went into turn one, slid, slid up. Then Brad went and turned him in the S's, which is fine um, because Kyle's tried to wreck him before and vice versa. So it's whatever. I don't really care. Anybody that turns Kyle Busch into a wall, I kind of appreciate personally. Um, because somebody has to humble the bastard. And nobody's going to fight him. Legitimately. Because if somebody knocked him off. Like knocked him off his pedestal once. That's what has to happen for a lot of these guys. He's one of them. Santino Ferrucci's like four foot seven, So he's got the Napoleon complex. The fact he's short. The fact he's daddy's money. He tried to kill Arjun Miney. He figured out a way to get Napalm himself out of Formula One. In one fell in by doing that one act, and the fact he's a maggot it also doesn't help. But it's like here's the thing with like that's the thing with him, and I'm gonna it's like he doesn't care because he's got businesses. I saw him at the auto show. I met the guy. I took a picture with the fucking douche. The guy, the guy doesn't care because he's got a freaking custom car business. He gets freaking high-end cars. They customize them, rims, tires, all the whole bit, the body kits. This kid, they could he could get canned from indie cars. He's still going to make a, a, a lots of money. That's the whole point because he's got daddy's money. It doesn't matter. That's the kind of guy he is. But because Dale Jr. loved him sliding through the ga- grass to miss the wreck between uh, Graham and... Uh, What's whatever, whoever was I blocked him at the late in that in the 500 last year for no reason, put him in the grass, caused a huge accident. Oh, it was a poor day. It was his dad. No, no, no less. It was, it was, um, it was, uh, who, uh, Santucci called dad last year before they fired him for some, which I'd love to. I, I, there, 
there's so many deep dives that are necessary. That's one of them. How the hell do you fire one of the best open-wheel drivers in the last 20 years? And you really don't have an explanation other than, oh, he didn't get a high enough finish for Honda and blah, blah, blah. So now he's a Chevy guy. That's like, really? I mean, people want to denounce the fact he won four champ car titles. I'm like, I would, under that logic, you should denounce anything, any IRL titles that happen. You should, that means Sam Horner shouldn't exist. Should denounce Scott Dixon's first championship. At least I think he won one championship prior to 2008. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, two, I think he only won one championship. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You can go and look that up. Let's uh, let's go and do that. Uh, in 2000, yeah, they only connected based on IRL. Yeah. Scott Dixon, yeah. 2081 is second championship. So that was the first merger year. Um, Sam, yeah, you would, I mean, and they don't show Champ Car either. Uh, and the, the, yeah, that's NTT. And then you got, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, entity. Champ Car World Series. There you go. So that would denounce the four championships that, you know, Seb won against the likes of Will Power, against the likes of Green Marie Hall, uh, the AJ Allmendingers, Fat Fuck Paul Tracy's, you know, guys like that. Some of the better drivers that were around. You know, you had Jay Will. Uh, God rest his soul. I mean, you had you had good drivers there. Uh, just had bad management. Same way as the IRL had bad management. Oriol Servia, Giancara, Dominguez, amongst others. The... It's funny how we go down these rabbit holes while I'm doing a show. I really do need to get somebody else to do this with me because fuck, I, I lose my, I, I lose track. But the the point is, we, there is a opportunity if done right, if done properly. Which with IndyCar on the ovals, they screwed up, and there was a lot of bad driving tactics or or bad, you know etiquette in the nascar one the bristol race was a cluster uh, fuck and they you because of clint boyer being who clint boyer is who's an inbred lcd loser um who hasn't deserved a ride since 2013 but because he's tony's buddy he has a ride uh you know and because he's a 
wannabe Daryl Waltrip talking head. They have him on there talking nonsense. He wrecked half the field. I mean, he the guy was in literally Clint Boyer is what on, on iRacing what Garrett Smithley is in real life. Which is probably why he wasn't racing today. There might be some other reason. They'll say, oh, he was at some race or whatever. He was at the family. They cop, whatever cop out he wants it. Freaking Harvick was in the race. Freaking Harvick didn't have a sim. All of a sudden, he, he, got, he got Brad Keselowski qualified well. And then, then he puts a video of his, his daughter, Scarlett, sitting there driving around at about 20 miles an hour, which would have been better than what he actually did because he ended up getting wrecked. And that's what he said. That's what's going to be his career, too, when he goes and drives a 48 car or whatever they're going to number it next year. You go and have this opportunity, unlike any other sport, football. It's why the NFL draft, which in its own right is a very boring, unless you're a football freak. I say this as somebody who's basically watched the NFL draft Every year for, what is it, for 28 years. It didn't change anything for me. You know, the the only thing was they they weren't booing that a-hole Roger Goodell. But then I was worried about my team. I'm worried about what they're going to do. But millions of people are watching it. And it's captive. You're seeing them, the, the people with their... The, the players with their families and all this stuff and talking to one of my best friends through the first round and you know that that was fine and after that I didn't really care which that the problem is that's what they've done to the NFL draft I used to I loved it when it was a two-day extravaganza you got up 12 o'clock or 12 in the afternoon they'd start the NFL draft on a Saturday afternoon You'd go hard for like eight hours. They'd do three rounds, the first three rounds, go hard. After that, you'd basically go home or go wherever and just pass out. But you'd have food, you'd have fun. Basically what ended up happening. I mean, that's the whole separate thing. It's like you have a party. You get people together, and that was what it was about. And then Sunday was for whatever. That's where you built your teams. Then Goodell had this... The idea, which because it's football, which is the NFL, you can go and post all this on primetime. Personally, I think it's ruined the NFL draft, and it won't change. They're going to continue to do this. They're going to move. They're probably going to move the Super Bowl back to later in the month of February, as it stands. So my hope is the Daytona 500. Even though, like, for people would accuse me based on some of the takes I have on NASCAR. And I haven't even gotten to the whole they're coming back thing. That they are in between, in that one week between the Super Bowl, that off week. If they have an off week, there's a possibility they may not, but to be determined. It sounds like they're going to run the season anyway, the way it is. So that's, I mean, because they could do charters and they can go and control flights and they can test and do. They can they can limit the amount of people that have to be involved. There's a possibility that I can come off. I would much I would even though I don't think Roger Goodell's that effective. I think he's a tool. And I don't think he does a very good job in a lot of aspects. There are people within the NFL that I do think can 
make it so that they can run their league. I think it's a more logical or more likely scenario that the NFL, by the fall, even with things that are showing that there could be a second wave. I mean, there's probably going to be a second wave because of the stupidity that's going to happen in this next in this month alone. But you know, whatever. We need to go and we need to run to the Capitol and say, "Oh, you're taking away our freedoms!" Like you fucking morons. The reason we're doing is this the way we are is so that we have the freedoms to be able to live the way we want to live. They're too stupid to fucking watch certain channels and they listen to they listen to freaking guys that look like Goompa Loompas and have small penises. You know, fucking sexual deviants that have sexually assaulted multiple women. The fact of the matter of NASCAR coming back at Darlington, uh, which, it's cool. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no fans, whatever. They're going to have zero practice. First race is going to be set on points. Um, I wonder what, you know, Gomer, O'Donnell, and and the Daytona Beach Mafia is going to figure out how they're going to do do uh, other starting lineups and stuff. But the literally, literally going and they're going to come back after two two months and they're going to go into turn one at Darlington without any practice is... Uh, is something and and that's fine and they have a plan where they're going to keep this in the southeast which is literally south carolina north carolina i'm surprised they haven't followed that up i think they're trying to figure out a way to do something at texas connected to the indycar race there um that'll be something to be seen i i'm surprised they haven't extended that out to other short tracks within that within those states, when you consider how many great short tracks are both North Carolina and South Carolina that are functional, you ought to at least look at doing that, not for the Cup Series, maybe not for the Cup Series, but for the Xfinity and definitely the trucks. That would make more sense. You could use that as a trial balloon for the weekly racing. Why wouldn't you do that? Why would you go and take like people mentioned Hickory, I, I think it was on the one my, the one page that I'm on. Why don't you go to Hickory? They come up with the excuse, "Oh, you don't have safer barriers." Like they run a track. Like you're telling me every track the K and N runs has safer barriers. I've looked at some of the places they run the K and N series. They don't have safer barriers. If I'm wrong. I, I, that's one thing I, 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 I really, that's their thing. If you're in a top three series that have to have safer barriers, but then if it's ARCA, which is now what K&N is, it's ARCA, all that's all on that one banner, you don't have to have safer barriers. So what the fuck difference is it making to trucks? The amount of money you make in a truck race ain't much different than what you make for winning an ARCA race. 
the the reality is they dis- they've ruined they I mean that's a separate segment for another show is how they've ruined Xfinity and trucks but to get them back going again utilizing the hickories the myrtle beaches of the world to get them back into a swing and also you know have some good racing and utilize what built those series i think that would be a good thing and it would allow a trial balloon of sorts to see how we can go and get the weekly racing going again for the for the the weekly warriors that live off of the that in a sense live off of it but are able that's their or, or a hobby or a passion and in turn you could also kind of travel with the fan thing uh, it's i have a hard time believing that fans are gonna be in any closed enclosed environments for the rest of this year uh, i really don't think that that's gonna happen uh not not here not in the united states not in canada uh maybe not even mexico but or you know south america even uh the but i in other continents it's a possibility uh i don't know for sure that's just my feeling and in the end i think that's i mean it's a choice too if you want to go out and you want to tailgate if you're going to give me six feet and i can go and tailgate with friends and we could go and sit and we can give each other space and we could go and grill and do whatever and you tell me i can go to pocono and i could tailgate and we could watch the race and do some shit like okay fine i don't know it it, it might actually be an idea you know, I wonder how they're going to do it. The Indianapolis believes by August that they're going to be able to have fans for the Indianapolis 500. Now, of course, Roger Penske's a freaking billionaire and he's one of the most successful businessmen there ever been. So maybe he knows something. I don't know. Um, I just don't buy it. I don't. I don't see fans coming back to sporting events at a at a rapid pace I, I just don't see it um, you know baseball supposedly is going to come back they're talking about July the 4th for their opening day and it's going to be a very tight season they're going to supposedly contract divisions supposedly you know, basketball and, and hockey haven't finished yet. Um, hopefully they should, if they do come back, they should just start the playoffs. It would be a better idea than trying to finish out the regular season. Um, I mean, for, in the NBA's sake, I'm for the team that I like, which I don't want to admit, um, it doesn't matter if there's a season or not, they're going to suck forever anyway. Uh, for me as a hockey fan, I want them to get to the playoffs as long as all the players are healthy because my team's actually got a chance for the first time in a while. So, personal bias kicking in, but fuck it. You know, we're in, they talk about 
bringing NASCAR back and they're going to have limited people and they're going to run these races. And My concern as much as anything is the asymptomatic person that is in the garage area. I mean, I can only imagine if somebody coughs in that freaking garage area that day. How the whole entire place is going to freaking freeze. You consider these one-day shows, no practice, no nothing. But if somebody coughs, it's going to be a freaking... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a thing with NASCAR because they want to be with their buddy Orange Aid and they want to jump ahead of it the same way as they jumped ahead with these iRacing deals. By coming back because the Carolina, North Carolina governor wanted to get back going. I'm like, hey, if you want to get back going and let's go and why the fuck aren't they racing this week? Oh, yeah, we haven't had people at the pit in the in the in the team. Uh, they, they haven't been able to go to the team facilities to work on the cars like, dude. You could if they really wanted to like this is my thing. The big time teams. It's not a, like it's one thing about this this sim racing deal where we've been able to see the Timmy Hills of the world, the Garrett Smithleys who can't drive in real life but can drive in a sim, the Landing Castles who's one of the most underrated and underappreciated people that have driven in the last 12, 13, 14 years of racing and the like. Those people the lower the lower funded teams they have a problem in terms of trying to show up and do everything and all that because they have less people or there you're telling me that under whatever restrictions that they may have that you're not telling me you're telling me that Hendrick Motorsports Gibbs Roush Penske I mean I shouldn't have included Roush Penske and and Stuart Haas those four teams, and then if you want to extend it out a little bit, which is Ganassi, you're not telling me they don't have nobody sneaking down there working on the cars. It's the same way as I feel like during that whole Chili Bowl Nationals, there's going to be like a there's going to be a secret guy in there with a weird name, with a name that nobody's heard of, but he's in the i the the Wednesday night freaking chili bowl nationals he's gonna have a weird name probably something asian and he's gonna show up and it's gonna be a trial balloon this whole thing with nascar is a trial balloon if if they're able to come off and get this thing off without anybody getting sick anybody then by june 1 baseball and all these other things are going to start going and that's when it's going to be the way for all these other sports to get back even though they're enclosed versus outside that for what it is as as a motorsports fan i mean i've been fine most simpletons have their problems with whatever, which is why they're doing what they're doing. I can use YouTube. Um, I like history. I can read. 
Um, I also have common sense. Uh, the fact is, I don't need the live action to be satisfied. Um, it's going to be nice. I hope all, and I pray for the real, like, it's, it's not about, it, to me, it's not even about the drivers at this point. For it's for the crew members. It's for the people who work for the DBM, who probably don't get compensated properly. They're not the big time people. They're the they're the warriors, the ones that put out everything. The people that work for TV that aren't the people that are shown in the front end. I'm concerned for them. I'm concerned for their families. That's who I'm concerned for in this rush to get back to normal. Um, newsflash, there ain't no normal anymore. I mean, the normal ended a long time ago, probably, but there ain't no normal at this point. Um, I hope they'll be alright, and I hope that we'll be able to have some good races at Darlington, because I love Darlington. Um, I wouldn't be able to go there um, without protection. Um, a.k.a. a bunch of white people. Um, but I love Darlington Raceway. I always will. It's it's the history. It's classic. It's what NASCAR is about. It's where it started. And having what will amount will be three races at Darlington this year is fine by me. It means less races at shittier racetracks. Because Darlington, no matter how much they want to say, or it may get boring... Point is, that's really you have to be able to drive to win there, and you know that's what I I appreciate about Darlington, and that's what makes the fact that Brad was able to win the Southern Five Hundred a couple of years ago all the more meaningful. Tony couldn't ever win there. The one real shot he only had maybe two or two or three good shots to ever win there. That's what makes it so much more like. Like Davy should have won the Southern 592. You know, like that's the thing. When you win at Darlington, there's more meaning than at other places. So that's what I like. I mean, Charlotte sucks no matter what they do, but at least it's home for a lot of these race teams. So you're going to get more bang for your buck by racing there. Uh, they probably should go and do a little more, but they aren't. If it works, then why not? But we don't know what they're going to do. With that, this is the roaming uh, musings of uh, Phil Matthew once again on fill in the blank. Uh, thank you for listening. If you did listen, if not, well, whatever. I'll be back later this week. Uh, with the next episode. Hopefully I'll have a guest. I'm trying to figure out a way to go and extend this product and get people who are in the know and truly get them to come back to a grassroots level and uh, talk about the sport and talk about stories or things that haven't been focused on or as appreciated. So um, hope to keep on working on that and for those who do listen thank you so much i appreciate you 
and uh, God bless, be safe, and I'll see you on the other side. Take care.